magic, murder, problematic misogynistic undertones? Join us as we delve into one of Britain's best-loved TV shows. So grab your duffel coat, don your curly wig, and dig up that 90s character actor as we welcome you to Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. Hello! Hello everyone and welcome back to Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. This week we're looking at the three gamblers. Yeah, we are at the end of season three. And uh, yeah, sad time to say goodbye to Caroline Quentin. It is. Um, Although I feel, watching this episode, that Caroline Quentin was actually quite happy about it being the last one she'd ever film. I mean, I'd be happy if it was the last thing I ever filmed. Uh, I don't think I'd ever want to film anything again after being in this. Yeah, although surely you'd want the last thing you'd, you'd ever do on a project to be quite good, wouldn't you? No, I mean it would just put me off so much. Oh, oh I see, yeah, I see, yeah. Industry. I think she made the decision after this episode. <laughs> do you remember when we first started this and we were like, oh, it's okay though because it's just because it's so dated and as we move on, it'll get better. Yeah. Um, it's got worse, hasn't it? Um, It's definitely got worse. <laughs> I think I think what's odd is that I thought it yeah it's it's the datedness and also us you know we'd get mm. a kind of we'd be able to calibrate what was good and bad yeah. in the within the universe of yeah. Jonathan Creek within the universe of 198 to you know uh, an woods and it's not that at all it's just it's just inconsistent and this particular episode I know I've said this before but this is definitely definitely the worst mystery ever yeah yeah like, there, it, it I, is. I think overall i mean i'm gonna i might I'll, I'll readdress this but i think overall it's the worst jc yeah. episode i've ever seen however what i would say is i think in 19 episodes i think this episode actually contains what i think is the best acting i've seen in jonathan creek and that's from john bird I, mean, I genuinely think he gives the best performance I've seen in Jonathan Creek yet. I mean, he is an incredible performer. For those of you who don't know John Bird, um, who's he's dead now, isn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I, I first got introduced to him through Bremner Bird and Fortune. Yeah, same. Um, Rory Bremner, who many of you might know from Mock the Week or things like that. Uh, before he was doing mediocre comedy, <laughs> um, he he is, in my opinion the best satirist i i, um, I think bram the burden fortune is the best political satire show yeah. this country's ever produced um, I, yeah and and not just because of rory bremner's uh cutting edge monologues and and great um impersonations uh, impressions but mainly actually for john mm. fortune john bird's improvised yeah. interviews if you haven't seen any of those uh, absolutely get on youtube watch them um they're just a masterclass in improv and absolutely. political satire absolutely. Um, and those do not date no they are no. very bang on but um, yeah, we'll 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 meet him a little bit later. But I just wanted yeah. to 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 caveat uh, all the uh, negativity that's going to yeah, be coming yeah. your way in the next hour or so. He's uh, wonderful with with a little positive uh, light at the end of the tunnel, as people keep saying uh, about other things at the moment. Is, yeah. is John Bird's performance in this? Um, so yeah, the three gamblers. Uh, it opens and already on the first line, I've got notes. Um, oh, so, before you even get to the first line, I've got yeah. a note. It, as it opens with a close-up on a frog, like a massive, giant, yeah. like a toad. Um, but it, I know it's meant to be a frog. Yeah. Um, because because of what comes later. But at this point, we don't know why. No. There's just this massive close-up on a frog. Yeah. I'm like, okay, oh, right. That, 
it, it's, it should be helpful in telling the story, but it's not. It's just confusing. It's helpful in, in introducing our brains to the word frog, which is going to be used as a location. Do you know what I like is the fact that they deemed this one second shot yep. that's relevant to nothing mm-hmm. important enough to get a real frog. But yeah. when they did No Trace of Tracy and a frog was actually <laughs> part of the storyline, they went, nah, get a plastic one. Yeah, get a plastic one. I mean, priorities, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the the opening two lines, an exchange between two characters, again, who we, we don't know yet. Um, the first line is, you know my theory on Geiger? He's not human. Probably turned into a bat and flew himself here. Okay. And then uh, reply is, that's not so funny. Not standing here. Right. <laughs> number one, who's Geiger? Yeah. Number two, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, number three, turned into a bat and flew himself here. And flew here. Why and is he flying? Here. You don't say fly himself if he is the bat. He's not operating a, a remote control <laughs> bat that he's also that he's yeah. made out of his of his own self. Yeah, yeah. That's a really confusing. It's just what a lazy line. And why is the response? That's not so funny. Why isn't <laughs> that's not funny? That's not that's funny. not so funny. It's what? not so funny because I've got evidence that that's possibly true. Well, yeah. That would be an interesting... That, that's yeah. where that line goes, isn't yeah. it? But, it, but you know, it can't it's not be. so funny because it's, it's dark. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, criminals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and also the whole thing hinges on the fact that all the other characters involved aren't superstitious at this point and yeah. don't believe that Geiger yeah. is a bat man. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> He's Batman. <laughs> Also, we don't know who Geiger is. We don't know who Geiger is. I mean, you and I do, because we talk about him a lot. We do, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. And then um, the next shot is already the introduction, or return, should I say, of the shit camera. Yeah. Already, like yeah. really early on. Yeah. I mean, very rare that it, it normally pops up in the middle of a, it, a, an episode. They use that camera it, about half of this episode. It's just grainy. Yeah. And just ba- bad looking. And, and you've got a theory about this, haven't you? As well? well, I... I suddenly are seeing a connection that they use that camera when it's really dark so i'm wondering if it's it's either it's not the camera but it's just the quality of all the cameras they had at that point can't shoot when it's not well lit or it's some specific kind of camera that they can only use when it's dark but that camera happens to be worse than all the other cameras i don't really know well there were two angles later on we'll talk about where they 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 come back and and i thought oh they'll go back to that angle Mm. now and will it still be the shit camera and it was yeah so i think it is a particular actual camera specific physical camera um which has grown in in personality in my imagination Um, um, yeah, if you are uh, that shit camera out there, we do apologise. He's, he's, he's the underdog. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so they go into this uh, place, this kind of cobbled little farmhouse, outhouse Frog place. Hall. Frog Hollow. Frog Hollow, sorry. Yeah. I was um, thinking Frog Hall because of Toad of Toad Hall. <laughs> Frog Hollow is, yeah. is where we are. Yeah, and um, there is uh, an old man with bad teeth in there who we very learn is bad. very bad. I think that's to make him look scarier yeah. rather than anything else. He just looks know. an old friend. John Bennett is the actor who plays mm. uh, Frank Geiger, who who we learn is this uh, is this old man. Yeah. Um, and his IMDb even talks about how he's famed for having an emaciated look. Okay. Um, uh, it, it also on his IMDb says that he's um he's famous, probably most famous. For his scene-stealing role as a Fu Manchu lookalike in a Doctor Who episode. Okay. He's done two Doctor Whos, so obviously very popular with the production team. 
Um, but yeah, classically trained actor. Brilliant. Came out of Central in the sixties. Um, well, I'm sorry that he had to. Sorry that he had to deal with this. Do this. Um, yeah. So the there are uh, two men and a woman. A woman played by Nina Sassonia, mm-hmm. who uh, is just a, a fab actress. And I mean, she's she's doing her best with what she's given in this in this episode. But yeah. Fine. Um, I do think she's better now than she was then, though. Yeah. Yeah. Although, having said that, no, this this would have actually been, I believe, either post-teachers or around about the same time. And she's mm, great in teachers. Yeah, she is great in teachers. Um, so, yeah, the, there, there are these three people, and they've come to have a meeting with Geiger. Frustratingly, they make it really unclear for us, as the audience, as to what that meeting is about. Yeah. Um, before they actually have this little meeting and sit down, Geiger is sort of being creepy and pervy towards Nina Sasonia mm-hmm. and says something about war- warming us all up mm. and then a pause and then it's like, oh, we're, we're out of coal, so you'll have to improvise. So he might be a bit lechy. Yeah. And then there's a slow fade, like a cross fade, it fade out of that scene and fade in to a roaring fire. But then they just continue talking and it's clearly the, immediately what they would have said it's after really that. It's really odd. So it's, it's like, why are you fading to one second later it's like you said it's a fade for it's a passing of time fade to the next bit of the conversation yeah and what he's done is gone oh we'll be passing of time here but then just carried on writing the same thing like why on earth do that or maybe it was the director who yeah you know added that bit in i don't know because what 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 we then have to believe in our imaginations is that um two of the the two blokes and geiger were just stood in silence whilst she was making the fire yeah. until the fire yeah, got that's started. That's kind of what we had to Because assume. otherwise this conversation would have already happened. But fine. Um, and, and then this conversation does continue and we learn a, a very little. No, yeah. We, like, like you say, it's not clear before the passing of time fade and it's not no. clear afterwards, but there is quite a lot of time there's spent a note, here. There's a notebook and he's talking about... It, like, it feels like a, a, a drugs thing, which it is that we learn later on. But you can't really be sure. There's not enough detail to really no get understand what's happening. Um, um, and he, he and, and all the while, uh, he, again, there's this weird kind of organ underscore. Yeah. And David turned to me whilst watching this, and I had to write it down. He said, "Is that a child practicing the organ in the background?" Yeah, because it's like single, <laughs> single repeated notes, as if they're practicing the scales. Like I'm just yeah. starting to learn the organ. It's really bad. It's really. I've got a couple of underscoring notes for this episode because, generally speaking, it's pretty bad. But it's pretty Jonathan Creek. But there are some standout moments coming up. I'll come back to that. Yeah. Um. So he, all the while he being Geiger, is downing Bell's whiskey. Yeah. Um. And until the point he eventually passes out, and then I think they try. They're like trying to rob him, which I don't know why that's part of the plan because that doesn't. That's not mentioned again later. Like. Yeah. Later on in the plan, they 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 do what he told them to do. So I, I don't know why they're robbing him. Well, they're, they're, they're I think they're something. trying to get the the contact, the contact, the information to a contact. Now you're probably going, what? Who contact? What contact? Yes. Yeah, so are we? Yes. We don't know. <laughs> like, we're not brushing over it. The episode is. Yeah, and he kind of comes to and sees one of the villains, one of the fellow gangsters, yeah. who looks like um, one of the dads at a Grange Hill, like really yeah. normal kind of guy, yeah. um, writing something down in his notebook. And he goes, and he script, script, you know, he says, oh, trying to get my contacts. Yeah. And he rips the paper away and puts it in his pocket, mm-hmm. which comes 
Yeah. I was going to say it becomes important later. We're told it's important later, but it isn't really. No, it actually... It is inadvertently important in something I'm going to bring up. Okay. Because that existing actually really annoys me about... Yeah, anyway, yeah. we'll we'll get to that later. So he takes the note, puts but it remember in his the pocket. Bit of paper. Yeah, remember that. Um, and then some other kind of time passes, but I'm not really yeah, sure how long. It's, yeah, it's I think it's just a bit fade happy on the cuts. Yeah, he finds Nina Sasonia going through a safe. Yeah in another room in this one room i'm not quite sure like the, the it's like doctor who's tardis yeah. the way they film the inside of that farmhouse and then when they show up from the outside doesn't make sense because there can't be that much space within that farmhouse yeah unless it's kind of all underground basements or something I... but also they've never been here before yeah yeah the only person we think might have been here before is frank geiger yeah because he said oh i'll meet you there which yeah. is why also I'm confused as they're going, where is he? Or he must have phoned here like a bat. As a, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah. And and so he gets a bit annoyed at her looking through the safe. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, cut long story short, they decide to <laughs> off Frank Geiger. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know why. Because I was watching this, right? He, he threatens one of them and says, oh, I, uh, don't steal my information or my stuff. I don't trust well, you. I, I I took it that 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 they killed him in self defense because he was, he was like he had the girl and then he was attacking one of the guys and then he yeah but also, the other guy came up with him with a crowbar and bashed the back of his skull in yeah yeah because that, he was aggressive so that that point happens but yeah. I'm still surely they're all gangsters right they're all in this together yeah they're working as a team and he's the boss yeah why are they annoyed at him when he gets annoyed at them quite rightly for not trusting him stealing his contacts going through his safe yeah like they've not been here five minutes yeah and they very very quickly decide that frank geiger is oh we don't like him mm -hmm. and then he gets violent and, and points a gun at someone else and shoots yeah. above his head has a weird kind of almost shakespearean speech and then yeah, yeah this other guy uh, comes out from nowhere um who looks like a footballer in the 90s um, <laughs> Which is like footballers do now today, but chubbier. Yeah, like they yeah. all they all drank a lot on the weekends. Yeah, um, and then uh, and he, yeah hits him over the back of the head with a crowbar. Not once, no, but a hundred times. Yes, yeah, so many times. And then when we've had enough of of watching him get hit by a crowbar a yeah. hundred times, it then cuts to a silhouette of him hitting him another hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently that doesn't kill him. No, because he he then grabs like they think he's dead, and then he grabs the ankle. Oh, the ankle. Of uh, the other guy, the Grange Hill dad. Which then makes him collapse and fall to his knees. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't is that know. like some weird kind of Israeli army grip? Like, <laughs> some secret service kind of thumb at pressure point on the ankle? Um, yeah. Um, and yeah. so, and so uh, 90s footballer guy panics um, and gets the gun, Geiger's gun, and yeah. shoots Geiger point blank. Yeah. In the head six times. Oh, I, okay. I, I was going to ask you: Was it five or six? It was six. Yeah, c c and it is. It, it's ridiculous. Six times. Yeah. Um, and, and it's absolute point blank range in the skull. In the middle of the room. In the middle of the room. Cut to. Yeah. Frank Geiger, now being up against the wall. Yeah, I don't quite know. About how... three meters to yeah, the I don't left know how of he, him. I don't know how. I don't know how he got into that position. He fell about fine. three meters sideways. Yeah. From someone shooting him in the face with a gun. Yeah, fine. Um, um, and it shows Geiger 
with bullet holes in his head. His yeah. eyes are open. There's blood. Or, like His brains are splattered against the back of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Your favourite moment. <laughs> and then, <laughs> great chill dad goes up to him and checks his pulse. Yeah. I mean, and then looks at them and like shakes his head like, no, we've lost him. Yeah, so, like, you think? Yeah, I think he's, he's probably he's clearly he's dead. Probably dead, guys. Um, I mean, I I couldn't stop laughing. I was just like, why are you checking his pulse? Look at him. His brains are out the back of his head. And 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 so I mean, yeah, utterly ridiculous. But then they all panic, like like you know in Shallow Grave where they accidentally yeah. kill so like yeah. is it Christopher Eccleston they accidentally mm. kill um. It's not important, but he, they they all panic like, oh my god, oh we've we've accidentally done a murder. Yeah, we we've panicked, and then what we've got to do is we've got to hide the evidence, right? So they run around and they close the secret door to this part of the uh, bunker. We didn't know it was a secret door, but now no. it's made of book. It's a bookcase. Yeah, um, but it has like a walled slab. Uh, and and then they they run out and then um, young nineties footballer takes the key. Yeah, uh, which. I don't know how it locks the bookcase, but they do. And then yeah. he throws it in the river, in the river yeah. next to a, and it lands next to a rock that's poking out of the river. I'm like, yeah. you threw it so far into the middle of the river. Why did it land next to a part that's so shallow <laughs> you can see a rock emerging from the like a tiny rock? Like clearly that's the edge of yeah. edge of the river, so yeah. that they could reach it and get it if they needed to reshoot yeah. it. Um, right. Just again, a little bit of laziness, and then we have a shot of it disappearing underneath the the river, which is now a hundred feet deep. Yeah, um, yeah. So already, like you're constantly questioning the continuity of everything that's happening. Yeah, but I'm also um, going, well, why? You're all gangsters. You're all coming together to do this plan, which is to what well, I don't know what it is, but it's something illegal. Yeah. Um, and you've decided to steal the contacts and try and steal what jewels from the safe. Uh, and he's got a bit ratty, and then you've decided to kill him. Why are you all now panicking? Like, you've never done this before. Yeah. And that you're, like, you've put the mistrust into this situation by being terrible gangsters, yeah. even though, like, it makes no sense the way they react to it. So they yeah. all get in the car and they're like, oh, let's go, let's go. Um, and there's a couple of references to how worried they are that, you know, that they've killed him because he has this air of power about him. I mean, yeah. he, he has the air of power that someone who's not been able to... to walk for t 10 years has i mean yeah. he's a very old man like it's not real he's not he's not scary he's just homeless he's like yeah, that's what yeah that's kind of the character is yeah that very weird yeah um so yeah so they all get in a volvo and drive off and run away yeah um and and that's the opening scene S seemingly not having done anything i needed to do yeah i, I yeah. don't know why the meeting took place no no that's it's important to know that at the moment as an audience you don't know why any of what you've just watched has happened or why you should care. Um, now, now also, we've gone through it in as much detail as possible. Yeah. Which becomes important later on. So, well, the, the pace picks up here a little bit as we cut now yeah. to the theatre, right? Uh, yeah, so Maddie's given, giving Jonathan a present for some reason. Well, it's his birthday. Oh, it is his birthday. Okay, his I missed birthday. that. Right, okay. It comes later uh, in the conversation, but he opens a book. Yeah. Um, By Ricky Jay. Yeah. Uh, who is a real magician. Okay. He uh, was a consultant on The Prestige. Oh, He's wow. consulted for loads of quite big films. And he, yeah, he does. he's the world record holder, I believe, for the most amount of successful card tricks in like a minute or something. Wow. Like he is, like everything really Jonathan good. says in the episode is true. He is like 
basically the world's most lauded like uh, card magician. Lovely. Basically. So that's all, and that that's book is real, apparently. And and yeah. and it's important that it's card tricks as well because yeah. Jonathan's practicing stuff in the Ricky J book. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why it's taken him this long to practice card tricks when he's been a professional. I also don't know why Ricky Jay's giving away magic circle secrets in a book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Maddie's been able to buy. Uh, and, and it's like, it looks like a little Beatrice Potter book. It's like really, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, it's his birthday and Adam Klaus is there and he gives him some smellies from his... Re- he's got a range of... Right, Adam Klaus, we've always yeah. had an issue with how famous he either is or isn't, right? Yeah. Because it changes in each episode. Yeah. So, yeah. But for this episode, he's not only famous for being a magician, but he's also famous for having a, a range of bath smelling salts yeah. and, and like toiletries. And famous enough to go on Jonathan Ross, which he does later on, which yeah. we'll come to. Uh, uh, and, yeah, and, and other things, yeah, yeah. Whenever he's out in public, no one ever recognises him. Apart from that one trial where he had I was those people asking for his autograph. We had five people asking for his autograph. But other than that, like, so that's why I'm like, I, it's so inconsistent. Really weird. It's just whenever it suits the story, he's a certain level of fame. But then he says, right, Jonathan, as it's your birthday, I, that's not a real present. The real present is I'm going to take you out tonight wherever you want to go, my yeah. treat. Yeah. Which is quite nice because you yeah. go, oh, it's nice to see Adam being nice to Jonathan. Yeah. And he goes, really? And he says, yeah. And then it cuts to a place called the Trick Joint. Well, just, no. It actually, Jonathan says something about, like, going to go and see... A magic show. A magic show. Because Adam Klaus, like, rolls his eyes. Like, oh, God, I've got to go to this thing. And I was like, yeah. You're a magician. Yeah, he You're behaved... a magician. Why are you upset about going to a magic show? Which, which is important because the way he behaves and acts around about magic for the rest of the episode yeah, is that he it's... hates it. Yeah, yeah. It's... yeah. This is your, what you do. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another thing I find really inconsistent in general in Jonathan Creek is, is whether... Is Adam Klaus... Like, is the story that Adam Klaus is a magician that has someone that creates tricks for him, which is quite common yeah. in the industry, uh, or is it that he, that that he's like it's a Serrano de Bergerac thing? Like he's lying and he isn't a magician at all, and Jonathan's secretly doing all the tricks behind the scenes. Like what? Like it, because that's how he other. played. That's yeah. how he played it in this episode was that he never come across any magic trick. Yeah, he makes a joke. At, a point later in the episode about not being able to do anything with cards and i'm yeah. like no but you you can still do magic you just employ someone to come up with ideas for you which is fine like it oh fine but also if that is the case then you're a shit magician as well yeah. which yeah. we can't believe if we're to go into the rest of the episode yeah. um so they go to the trip joint and they have there's a a magician who comes on called Lizzie Gillespie. Yeah. Played uh, by Hattie, Hattie Hayridge. Hattie Hayridge. Yes, famous, uh, most famous. People know her most for being Holly in Red Dwarf. Ah, uh, right. That's so, where I recognise yeah. her from. Um, but also a uh, huge comedian in the 80s and 90s. She came up with Paul Merton, uh, Jack uh, Dean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, massive. Comedy store. Yeah, massive, like massive name in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, so yeah, lovely, lovely to see Hattie Hayridge in this. And um, she plays a, 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 a magician and she says, oh, God, can I have a volunteer? Um, and she picks Adam as a volunteer mm-hmm. and she does this routine with a banana. Um, and Adam Klaus is annoyed by having to be the volunteer, which I get, but also 
not because he doesn't want to be the volunteer, but because he hates magic. Now, yeah. that's his personality yeah. trait that we're meant to have just bought and gone, yeah, that's classic Adam, he hates magic. Yeah. No, he's a magician. Yeah, it, yeah. So, again, all the things David talked about just made even worse by this whole routine. He then goes to the toilet with Jonathan. Yeah. And he's in the in the toilet at the urinals. And he says, what kind of dumb arse trick was that? I'm like, yeah. What? And you made a comment about this as well. And I've, yeah. I've, I've made, it hadn't taken issue with it. Because since Stuart Milligan first appeared, I was like, he, your American accent seems really bad and inconsistent. Yeah. Because some lines are just completely British. Yeah. But you always point out to me that he is an American actor. Yeah, he's American. In real life. Why can't he do a consistent American accent? I don't know. What American says dumb ass? Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. dumb ass. The only thing I can think is maybe he's... Because obviously his career's predominantly been in Britain, so maybe he's just been around so long He's got a natural Anglo-American thing going on. Yeah. But but yeah, it's so weird. Um, And then... There's another magic act that they go to when they come out of the bathrooms that they're watching and it's two kind of like innovative, quite quirky guys. Actually, they looked quite entertaining. I wanted to yeah, see the rest I of their d- show. I, I thought that. Did I you think that? that? Yeah, because I I thought at that point, I was like, oh, do you know what's funny? Is like in, <laughs> in sort of sitcoms or whatever you might be watching where like there's like magicians or comedians or, or people on stage that, that you're meant to think are bad. Yeah. They very rarely come across as that because they're played by real actors who are trying to act bad well. Yeah. So they still eventually come across as entertaining. And charming. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I think they're, I don't think we're meant to, I think they're meant to be crap. But but actually but, yeah. I found them really entertaining. And they were funny. Yeah. And self-effacing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I, that, I really that's how it came across, self-effacing. Yeah. Um, And then something really weird happens, right? There's a gag where <clears throat> one of the magicians is going to, cut a box in half with a meat cleaver and accidentally chops off the fingers of the other magician. Yeah. And there's blood spurting out of what we see as a fake hand. Um, although the reaction to it is very real. Yeah. For, for a moment I was like, oh, please tell me that's not meant to be a real <laughs> hand and it's meant to have happened. But Maddie this time is the uh, is the volunteer from the audience um, who's asked to come Having up. Having said that, the fake the very clearly fake magic prop hand is still more realistic to a body part than something we'll see a bit later oh, on in my, this episode. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It made, made me question it. Um, and Maddie, again, why have they picked two volunteers from the same group of people? Yeah. Uh, fine. Maddie's up there looking as depressed as she has done all day, despite the fact that it's Jonathan's birthday. Um, she's looking very kind of tired, quite melancholic, not like attitude. She's no. not annoyed. She's just very sad. That's yeah. mad. That's what... And Caroline Quentin plays that all the way through this episode. It's an underlying sombre nature to her performance. Um, but in this scene, she sees the fake blood and faints. Yeah. And collapses onto the floor. At which point, I'm going, and I think you are as well, what is Maddie's level of squeamishness? Yeah. Because we discussed this before in the podcast. Does she faint at the sight of blood? Does yeah. she faint at the thought of someone's uh, being body being mutilated by yeah. a sort Yeah. Um, or is she absolutely fine with it? Yeah. But for the purposes of this, she faints, and we're to believe that she's really fainted. Yeah. Panic ensues. The magicians are like, oh, Adam's coming up, and there's a bit it, of a fumble around CPR. CPR. And then she rolls over and says, oh, all right, all right, I'm, I'm awake now. And a joke about her breasts being melons. I think your cantaloupe, cantaloupes have been felt enough now. And then 
as she gets up, the magician inexplicably says, what? So you were just, uh, like, and I think he's going to say, like, pretending. pretending. Yeah. And she makes a snarky comment, like, oh, yeah. well, you know. And she says, what? He says, so you were just, and she says, uh, what, trying to make, uh, trying to scare the shit out of people? Yeah, ridiculous, isn't it? I'm like, right. So no. is the storyline, I want to check this with you. Yeah, I'm, I she, wanted to check it with you. <laughs> she d- isn't squeamish. And even though in other episodes we've been told that she has, if she is, in other episodes she's told she isn't, but she's pretended to faint at the beginning of the trick, at the psych of blood, in order to sabotage the performance of two magicians that she doesn't know and has just met because she doesn't believe that scaring people as part of a comedy magic show is appropriate. Okay. And so it's taken some moral stance. That, okay. That's, that's what I think they're going that for. That makes more sense. I thought... I thought she was doing it to, like, help them, to, like, add to the drama of the trick. And she was, like... And that's why she was angry at them being, like, annoyed that she'd fainted. Because oh. I thought she was like, yeah, sorry. Sorry for trying to add a bit of a bit of drama to the trick. Like, I thought she was... Thought right. she'd be helpful. But I think your one makes more sense with the character of Maddie. And I, either way, I think she definitely pretended because... Right, because it, she pretends Because later. it's a callback. It, she, a, a, yeah. you know it's called back to you later on um but really weird and and is just screwing with this idea of whether maddie's squeamish or not yeah which is it i feel like he's gone back and written that in just to confuse dave and i it's yeah just, he's yeah, done that it's retrospectively not it's not important at all for anyone no um so anyway with that they decide to leave and jonathan's poor birthday outing has been sabotaged by uh, you know, a ratty yeah. Adam and but, like, a weird sabotaging. I don't know what this theatre is because they're leaving through what looks like the stage door, but it goes out into the foyer. Yeah, it's because really there's weird. like backstage notices on the door and stuff, and I'm like, what? Where are the? Why are they going backstage? But then he's out into the foyer. I've, I've never seen a theatre like that where it seems no. the exit of the theatre is on the side of the stage. I think it's meant into- to be a, like a young, like a cool hip tabletop kind of studio theatre yeah like a converted warehouse yeah that's kind of what it looks like and then they go through this very very normal regular functioning stage door into a foyer and then into a back alley yeah as you said looks like the same back alley that they come out of when they see uh um the neil simon yeah the odd couple yeah um at the beginning of uh, the omega man yeah um yeah it looks identical i'm pretty sure they choose the same theatre exit whatever theatre that is um, yeah, but before they exit, Jonathan uh, is uh, stopped by Nina Sasonia, yep. who is like, sorry, um, are you Jonathan Creek? He's like, yeah, and he's like, oh. and she's like, oh, it's, it's a bit hard to talk here if you've got five minutes. And they go off into a yeah. car and have a chat. Now, we know that Nina Sasonia yeah. is the criminal from the uh, Frog Hollow, mm-hmm. right? So I've just written, she's a criminal that likes magic shows? Yeah, so I've just put Nina Sasonia magic fan or clairvoyant yeah. question mark because I mean, i'm like i'm like either she's just a magic fan and it's a huge coincidence yeah or she somehow knew that jonathan <laughs> was going to decide to go to that thing tonight yeah or she's been stalking him yeah I'm... and waited politely till the end of the show either way in terms of the logic of what we know in the episode at this moment it's very odd yeah that she's i there. don't know why she's there and anyway uh, Jonathan decides to get into the car with her as she explains 
the story. Because she's not that surprised to see him. If it is a coincidence, yeah. and she previously heard that she needs to get in touch with that guy, and is like storing that went ahead going, oh, tomorrow, I better try and find that Jonathan Creek guy. But tonight I'm going to go and watch some of that old magic that I love. Yeah. In that underground warehouse stage door club. Yeah. Um, and then sees the person that she's meant to be getting in touch with. Surely she'd be like, wait, what? What are the odds? So I think she does is meant to know, has gone there because she knows he's going there. Right. But I don't know how. Right. Well, it, That's might, the mystery. it might become clear later on. But it's very, yeah. it's very, uh, very odd. Um, and so she explains the whole thing to Jonathan in the back of the car. Maddie sees him getting into her car. Yeah. And acts a bit annoyed and jealous. Yeah. But well, again, not in a kind of pissed off way, I more mean, in a given, sad way. Given what happened in the last episode, I sort of wondered if they're trying to play that Maddie and Jonathan are together now. Because she, uh, she earlier on, yeah. she's like, um, oh, sorry, when, when, when they're leaving the... The uh, the magic show. She's like, yeah, but, uh, come 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 back to mine at say, yeah, and it's quite casual. So I was like, oh, maybe they are actually dating now, which but would be nice. Yeah, but again, you'd think after three seasons of the will they won't they thing, they'd make that more clear. Yeah, um, I mean, no, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that at all you wouldn't, because they didn't make based on any of the relationship yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so they go into a car and uh, have a conversation. Uh, where Nina Sasonia explains to him what's happened. And lucky for us, we get to see a montage of the whole opening scene we've seen 10 minutes before. The whole thing. I just wrote, it was nice we saw that opening scene again. What? It was a totally unnecessary <laughs> flashback. Totally unnecessary. And it was literally shots they'd used. I know we we talked in Miracle Cricket Lane last week about the idea that they'd actually tried to do a flashback, but it was clearly they'd filmed it again because it was yeah, different. from a different angle. But this one, it was literally just the shots we'd seen spliced together. With more fades S- in between. Slightly quicker, but not that much quicker. I was like, it's still, you're showing quite a lot of what we've already seen. Yeah, I mean, what, is a five or six minute sequence cut yeah. down to about three or four minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we don't need to know any of this? So um, she explains what's happened and says that they went back to the, uh, to Frog Hollow, right? Well, no, sorry. Before before we get there, just because she does give us information on what's going on. Oh yeah, there is some. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah. So so we discover from this conversation that they are indeed uh, doing a drugs thing, yeah. a drug smuggling operation for Geiger. Geiger, nineties uh, football player and Greg Hill dad. Yeah. Were. Uh, three people that went, sat and gambled in a local pub that she was a barmaid in. Yeah. Um, and she started dating one of the guys that was in there. They were all locals and got involved in this scheme that Geiger had. Geiger apparently works for what we later learn is, is a Dutch drugs ring. Yeah. That, that have, for some reason, they're trying to mobilise people in the UK to go to Haiti to get drugs to bring back to the UK that then yeah. gets that gets taken to to Holland. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I think we how might is talk- that cost effective? Yeah, I've got so many questions about this drugs cartel. Um, why Haiti? Yeah. Why why ha- Haiti? Uh, if you're a European, and, and and she describes them as big boys on the continent, like yeah, 
big boys on the continent being the continent of Europe. Yeah. That one that we're also in. Having said that, people did always refer to Europe and the continent. Yeah. In the nineties, didn't they? Yeah, like, well, oh, on the continent. Yeah, it's because we're an island, so we're not connected. We're not. Con- yeah. Continental Europe is the land mass of. Yeah. Europe that's all connected. But, but yeah. I, d- I mean, but when you learn it's, it's in Holland, uh, and then surely, but they've also got a base in Haiti. I. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening. I don't think they do have a base in Haiti. I think that's why they need to, for some reason, go to the UK. To, I mean, this is this is this is an international operation, which is even more ridiculous. Towards the end of the episode, when we learn something else about this, yeah, the habits of this uh, this drug cartel. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so there's they a, go to Haiti. There's a flashback of them in Haiti. Yeah, I mean, it's not, is it? No, because it's clearly a British dirt road in some woods, and they've just um, brought in they've... some palm trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think you know, if you, they probably had about ten palm trees there. Yeah. What's the cost of getting ten palm trees in? Yeah. To mock up Haiti, like. Why are they spending money on that, but not on the right amount of day players or extras or, or like getting someone to edit the script? Like, yeah, oh, it's really weird. But they, yeah, they mock up Haiti, um, and she explains that they they were they, they they were there out out there to kind of get drugs and do stuff for this cartel. But someone, one of the locals, must have told the police, right? Yeah, and yeah, we have some Haitian police. policemen who yeah shoot. They after them yeah they shoot after them and k- kill grange hill dad and they kill grange hill dad yeah um who has the notebook with the copied information yeah of these guys that yeah. they're now working, working with yeah presumably yeah so yeah so their idea was to go uh, for killing guy was to cut out the middleman so they could work directly with the dutch yeah on getting drugs from haiti to the uk to get to holland holland a place Famously with lax drug laws. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure don't have to do the work. Why, why did he pick Dutch? I he don't know. He just could have said anything yeah, else. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Oh, because he's got all oh, Dutch drugs. It's like, yes, for relaxed drug laws. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not a difficult place to get drugs in and out of, surely. Yeah, so difficult that they have to go through the UK from Haiti to the UK. To, I, oh, ridiculous. But anyway, they've, they're, yeah, Grainshaw Dad's been shot. So what do they do? Well, we had to flee. And it cuts back to them in a Haitian hut. So they yeah. just stay in Haiti. Yeah, he says, yeah, she says, oh, we we go to ground for a couple of months. So everything kind of blows over. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so there, and then they, and then, and then, right, this is where I got a bit lost. <laughs> okay. How, how did the, how does John Bird, who's playing the police detective investigating all this, get involved did they admit, they just go back to england and straight up admit that they killed geiger what yeah. what, what 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 happened here because i so i was writing a note and so, i missed an important yeah, bit i mean yeah 90s footballer um who is now having a relationship with um well always has been had a relationship with nina sasonia i think you said that um there you know she's trying to comfort him and um he's and she says ah because of the, the all the voodoo in haiti couple of locals and then we have we cut to a montage oh, of yeah, the ritual that's a weird bit yeah. she just kind of brushes over it a couple yeah. of the locals but what we're seeing is a full-on ritual yeah. with skulls and uh haitian extras i mean that's that's like a whole night shoot yeah that, like two and a half seconds of... obviously couldn't use a lot of it fine um, they must have used the shit camera <laughs> thought that's too much bad footage Ah, who am I kidding? They're not that not that bothered. Um, but yeah, they so so he gets it in his head that 
the death of Grange Hill Dad is revenge of Geiger spirit. And yeah. Geiger is back, coming back from beyond the grave and has taken it as an act of revenge. And that he wouldn't be happy until he'd killed him, 90s footballer, yeah. as well. So he became all sweaty and worried, yeah. which is what happens when you worry, you sweat. Yeah. Um, and uh, and she said that was it was awful. So we went back to England and he said the only way he'd be able to sleep and be free of this is if he just went to the police yeah. and told them everything he'd done. Why is that going to help him get over what is clearly an existential worry about someone coming back from the dead? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why would he, a, a criminal involved in a Haitian drug deal with <laughs> Dutch drug cartels, get a, so worried by killing someone, which he did very quickly without much provocation yeah. in, t- in terms of the whole group, um, uh, to the point where he's going to go to a London police station and confess his involvement in the Haitian drug deals. Like, so much of his life's going to go down the pan. Yeah. And I don't see how it's going to help yeah, him I, I, fix yeah. his worry. His motivation, quite simply, isn't there. But she says, well, if that's what you decide to do, I'm going to stand by you. Yeah. So they go to the police station and he tells them everything that we've just been told. Yeah. Um, and tells it all to John Bird. Yeah. Who does the first of many very convincing nods. Yeah. He nods so he, much in this. He's a, he's a great nodder. 90% of his communication and acting in this whole episode is done through either sign language or nodding mm-hmm. to the point where I might challenge your opinion <laughs> he he definitely is the best actor yeah but he only has about five lines <laughs> yeah. despite the fact that he's the main guest star <laughs> everything in this episode he does sign he communicates through nodding yeah um but yeah it's very good um so John Bird uh goes with 90s footballer yeah and says, right, take us back to take Frog us Hollow. To Frog Hollow, yeah. And show us uh, what happened. Yeah. Um, and they're talking away, and then, and then, some of this is still being told to Jonathan in the car, right? Yeah. I can't believe it's gone this long. I know. And then, and then he, John Bird, points to six officers. Yeah. And then gives them like hand. He gives like a hand signal, like a SWAT team hand signal. I'm like, yeah. But no, no criminals are here. <laughs> You're, it's just you on your own. Who are you not talking to for the benefit of? Yeah. And then he talks to some other people anyway. Takes them into where... And then 90s dad shows them where the yeah. bookcase is. Yeah. And then the policemen are like, oh, yeah. And kind of with their body language, like, should we chop this down with this big axe we're holding? And he says, yeah. no, because he shakes his head. Yeah. And then they try to open it and they can't. Yeah. So he goes does a hand another hand, hand signal hands, yeah. for the benefit of no, no one yeah and then they get their axes yeah. and then they decide to chop it down anyway why it why do so we need to know this in a flashback it was so unnecessary the nuance of how they oh my god <laughs> yeah. it's so boring it's important that we knew that they did try to do it without damaging the door too much at first but why? then ultimately why they had to use the axes important? anyway so I, yeah a ridiculous waste of time um, and why is John Bird the guest star who at the moment is it's introduced as this big policeman who's in charge of this operation. Why hasn't he got any lines and why is he speaking in sign language? Yeah, yeah. He's doing hand puppetry <laughs> without any socks on. He's just... Oh. And they finally uh, get the bookcase open by destroying it with the axes. Yeah. And what do they find? They find Geiger 
at the top of the stairs. So uh, remember, he was he was uh, taken and locked into this cellar room, and his body was on the cellar floor, the other end of the cellar. And they open up two months later the door, and Geiger looks like he's crawled to the top of the stairs, yeah. and he also looks like he's been carved out of pumpkin. <laughs> it's um, like specifically the texture of a pumpkin and painted it's, green. It's terror. It's it's not what a body looks like two months after death. It's, got, it's not what a body looks like ever. It's not what anything has ever looked like it, in the history of the world. It's completely like uh, it is. It, it is a pumpkin, but it's painted the color green that the cartoon versions of Frankenstein's monster were painted. <laughs> like such a weird green. Um, yeah, and also the for some reason. Uh, his body is about three times too big for his head it's as really well. It's really long. Like, I was like, yeah. what, right, <laughs> come on, try, try. Just try to make a convincing corpse. You've got all it's the... It's so bad. It's yeah. so, so bad. You, you spent the time and effort getting palm trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why haven't you bothered to get... Just make... <sighs> oh. um, so obviously, yeah, they're freaked out because of all this voodoo that um 90s footballer was putting in her head anyway they were talking about another oh god we put six bullets in his brain and checked his pulse (laughs) and he's death was definitely dead to death with a crowbar before yeah yeah um and how has he done this how has he done this so and that's the that's the mystery and jonathan says nothing for a split second Mm -hmm. and he just suddenly goes all right fine go on then Go away. I can see you're not interested. I was like, give him a chance. chance. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) It was immediately, she just, she finished our sentence and then went, well, actually, you're not interested. I was like, he's he's just listened to you for eight hours talk about this bloody thing. So anyway, he goes, okay, well, yeah, food for thought. Anyway, um, anyway, he he then leaves and goes to Caroline Quentin's, goes to Maddie's flat and knocks on her door and she's not letting him in. Yeah. And he's, and you're right, it is a bit like they're, in a couple they're yeah, in a relationship like a lover's tiff like a lover's tiff I'm yeah. sorry answer this door knocking on the door I can see you're in there and then Maddie's neighbour and again I don't know where this is now because we don't see the interior of the flat no. which now upsets me because I'm waiting to see what new yeah. house she's got yeah yeah. but we do have a, a completely new hall that has an echo to it yeah. it echoes so much when he's outside and then a man appears in a hairnet yeah. Why, is, why is there a man in a hairnet? He's like a 40, 50 year old man. Yeah, he's in a hairnet and, and a, like a bright pink dressing gown. Which I think is meant to be hilarious. Oh, God, who knows? I think that's meant to be funny. Who knows? But also, I don't know what he's playing because he doesn't look annoyed. He doesn't really look. I don't quite know what he's playing. No. Because he comes out and he sort of looks. He looks like he's sleepwalking. A little bit confused, but also a little bit sad that he's made Jonathan Creek go. Like it was yeah. weird. Like it. it it made it really confusing because it would have been a lot easier if he'd just played that he was annoyed that Jonathan had woken him up but yeah. he didn't play annoyed you've woken me up he played mildly interested as to what was happening and maybe feeling a bit bad that he made this guy go away which is too much level of detail for what you're trying to do with yeah. a bad guy it, yeah weird so then we cut to what is a really weird Adam Klaus subplot and it's the beginning of his subplot yeah which yeah. uh, I believe is all about the fact that he... He's been nominated. Has been nominated for the Ma- Magician's uh, Award. Yeah. Magician of the Year Award. Yeah. 
Um, and he's really chuffed about this. Yeah. Jonathan's and... practicing card tricks because he's never worked with cards before, apparently. Oh, God. What can you do with these cards? <laughs> he's, he's right, um, old Ricky J. It's about the hurricane driving a blade of grass into a tree. It's like yeah. that old theory. Is it? Or is it a card trick? It's yeah. a specific yeah. slight effect. Um, but he's practicing that. And we learn that Adam Klaus is going to be interviewed on Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross. Yeah. So I'm again um, going, wow, he's much fam- more famous yeah. than I realised. Um, just want to read you what, what what Adam Klaus says about Jonathan Ross. Yeah. Um, the guy is so goddamn hip and subtextual with the audience. Because that's what you think of when you think of Jonathan Ross. A hip, subtextual... Like, he... Like, what? Hip? Uh, no, never. Like, that's Jonathan Ross's whole shtick, is he's never been hip. And also, no one's ever used the word hip in the 90s. Yeah. Like, no one said the word hip in the 90s. No. Or since, unless you're being specifically <laughs> retrospective. Like, no one in the 80s said hip. No one in the... Se- sometime, maybe in 72, yeah. a couple of people said the word hip. But yeah. I said no one said it from, like, 54 to 69, yeah. really. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. only David Rennick said it in those <laughs> years when he was alive. He's not dead. I'm not saying he's dead, but when he was alive at that time. I, I think it must be an age thing but yeah why why say hip my parents would never say yeah. hip and they were around in the 60s no. um yeah he's so hip and subtextual with the audience yeah what does that mean no i don't know what, what that does it means mean? i don't know what it means but you can be subtextual somehow i don't know what it means and yet still know that it doesn't apply to jonathan ross it, because I, subtext is not a thing jonathan ross has do his you whole stick is he's yeah he's over he's over the top he's you simple know, accessible simple offensive mildly offensive or euphemistic now that's what i think he means i think he means jonathan ross does a lot of double entendres Right, and, and that's what David Rennick is. thinks that's what subtext is, and if that, that makes a lot, that of, sense. Makes a lot that of sense, that makes a lot of sense. He, David Rennick is having meetings with Virgie Lambert, and she's like, "Oh, can you put a bit more subtext into that?" Yeah, and he's like, and he goes, "God, she loves these yeah. bloody double entendres, doesn't she?" Yeah, that's it. That's it. We've Nailed unlocked it. a big key. I Nailed feel like it. we've we've beaten the Jonathan Creek boss today. That's yeah. like we've, we're up that, a level. That's it. That makes so much sense. Oh. So then we go back to Jonathan Ross. Well, we're still, we still we learn about that. Yeah. Uh, and Jonathan Jonathan uh, Creek, sorry, is on stage with Adam Klaus having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and is making props. He's gone yeah. from playing card tricks and chatting with Adam Klaus yeah. to getting the set ready. I'm like, <laughs> what is your job? You are literally the boss of the show. You would be on more money than Adam Klaus probably. As the director of this show, as we know, we've seen you give notes, yeah. we, we write the show, you know. Why are you set dressing? Yeah. Like, it's definitely not your job, but also not helpful because someone else is in charge of that and knows what needs to go where. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, utterly ridiculous. Um, and then he has a chat with Caroline Quentin on the mobile phone and sh- and he says, can you get here? Well, he says, sorry about the other night. And she says, oh, sorry, I was just being an arsehole as per usual. Yeah. I'm like, was she? Or was she annoyed that he, without saying anything, abandoned her and got into a car with a yeah, young lady? Yeah, I think she's pretty justified. I think she's probably quite justified. Yeah. He could have, like... Anyway, she says, oh, I could be there in... What time is it now? Oh, I'll be there in 13. I can get... Uh, yeah, I don't know why she she also tells the time. Yeah, she's just... Oh, I can, uh, she's, well, what time is it now? 13.29. Yeah, why is she telling the time like, <laughs> in, in military hours. standard? <laughs> yeah, Foxtrot over... Yeah, um, 30, 39, so I, uh, probably about half one. But of course, it's a joke because she's already there. 
because she's already there, about six feet away from Jonathan Creek, yeah, behind uh, a piece of curtain set yeah. that's moved away. So I don't know why he couldn't hear her. He, on the phone. he can hear her. Uh, more importantly, I don't know why this was necessary because it, it's not picked. Like it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't doesn't contribute to the story. He should, yeah, it's fine. a weird, confusing, you know, suspension of disbelief on our part with no payoff. No, which is really annoying. Yeah. It's just you just no excuse for that. But you know, we've uh, learned to live with it in this series. Well, no, yeah, but it's getting tired. I'm getting tired now. <laughs> you know, I'm getting annoyed. Um. And then um, we go back to the police station, right? Yeah, yeah. We're at the police station, and nineties footballer is is in an interrogation. Because so yeah, so sorry, right, Nina, yeah. Nina, Nina Sasonia is out on bail, but he for some reason yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know why. Brush, brush, I don't know. I, I oh, well, I actually, thought, no, I do know now. I know yeah, why now. But, but at the time, I was like, why is she out of prison? As far as we're we're aware, yeah, she's been a part of this Haitian drug deal as much as anyone else has. Yeah, and has been shot at by Haitian police and yeah. was the witness to someone being killed and and he's confessed everything and he's yeah. in custody yeah. but she's not getting any there's not even talk of her being arrested no. now why is no one questioning this yeah I don't know yeah so completely ridiculous yeah so <laughs> so she um, uh, is there uh, but not arrested 90s footballer is there and arrested and in an interrogation room with Nina Sasonia's character and Jonathan and Maddie and John Bird. And I just but when was it okay for loads of people to just be in an interrogation room? Absolutely not. That's not, that's not how Sorry, the system works. I know we're doing an early interrogation about you confessing <laughs> to a crime that obviously will put you away for twenty years, but it will also may lead us to a big heist. Do you mind if this magician's assistant and a crime journalist just sit in, just come in. for yeah. the for this story? Yeah, fine. <laughs> Weird, absolutely weird. Yeah. Also, can you remind me why the police are bothered? No, I paused it and asked you this. Right. I, no, so I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, right. So, so my theory is. Just, can I just? I'll, yeah, you I'll do say I'll first. say my issue and then see what your if your theory makes sense of this because I don't understand why Geiger getting to the top of the stairs makes a difference because we know they've done an autopsy because John Bird says you know uh, his his brain was blown into 70 different bits inside 27 his, pieces inside 27 his skull 27 pieces inside his skull um, he 90s footballers confessed to it yeah so that's fine so that's fine they've got the evidence why and he's and, going oh yeah he's going down for murder yeah he's going down for murder John Bird's trying to crack this drug ring and he's trying to get the information out of him. I don't know at this point why Geiger being at the top of the stairs matters yeah. to him. Other th other than is it because 90s footballer is saying he won't talk because he's scared of that Geiger's a, a ghost? Yeah, yeah and, that, no, that is it. And John Bird's like, well, we have to prove, oh, we'd better prove that he's not a ghost so this guy can tell me the name of this drug lord. Yeah, right. No, that's, that's it. Nonsense. That's the whole episode, David. That's the, you can't say it's nonsense. That's the it whole is, hour of television depends on us buying it. Utterly nonsense. <laughs> we, he's, a police, he, he's a detective. He's he a won't talk to the High detective. up in the narcotics department. Until, why, is he, why is he playing along with this Because nonsense? he won't talk until... until 90s footballers uh, why does not he afraid of a ghost why does he believe that immediately why does he not go I think you're winding me up because you don't want to give me the information why does he go oh god oh, yeah 
yeah, no, don't worry. We'll try and work out what happened to him so you don't feel so scared of this ghost anymore. What's... What? I'm absolutely no idea. It's... Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, I'm but that's glad, it. I'm that glad is that it. I worked through it. Well, no, well I had to there. spend some time on it. But yeah, that is it. Because that's just so much nonsense. So he wants names that were on a piece of paper that Geiger and Grainshill Dad had. Yeah. And... He was the only other person to see to what's see on the paper. He never had the paper, the paper, but he's yeah. seen what's on it. Oh, because, yes, yeah, sorry. That's the other thing. The the bit of paper we talked about mm-hmm. that we said wasn't important, might be important, is because... Uh, it was in the pocket of Geiger. It was in Geiger. the pocket of Geiger, uh, and it was now blank. The names were written on it, yeah. but the bit of paper was now blank. That is very important. And so, I'm yeah. going to come to why that annoyed me um, a bit later. Uh then we cut back. Yeah, we go to... back to Jonathan Ross. Don't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. So Adam Klaus is watching a tape. He's watching a tape of himself on Jonathan Ross, and uh, Hattie Hayridge is there, uh, heckling because yeah. he does her trick. Yeah, on Jonathan Ross, the trick that he said was awful. Yeah, trick he's about with with bananas, and he yeah. does it on Jonathan Ross, and she's now. And Jonathan Ross is actually, I think, even better. Yeah. in this than John Byrd is. I think he is the best actor in this because he's just absolutely the same as he would be with anyone. Now, Hattie Hayridge, why is she there? Because it feels yeah. like she's there to call him out for stealing her trick, but yeah. he steals her trick then. Oh my God, that's even... Oh, I'm not so why does that. he tell oh, she no. know? Because he's only just stolen her trick live as it's happening. Oh, my so why is just... she there to protest something that hasn't happened yet? How can she be there? Yeah, no, How... I know. Doesn't make any sense. She's Why not... would she be there heckling him? He's only just done that trick. Right. So, yeah, that's a massive issue that blows what I'm about to say out, actually. Because my problem is, when he's watching it yeah. back in his own room on t- tape, yeah. he is enjoying the interview, and then he you hear her heckle. Hey, you stole that trick from me! Yeah. And he has this like really shocked, surprised, worried face, like... Yeah. Oh my god! This is gonna ruin my. It's gonna ruin my. Sh- like you, you were there at the time it happened. Yeah. Why are you now bothered, as if it's happening for the first time on a tape of a recording yeah. of so of you? So you were there the first time it happened, and then it cuts away to her being kicked out of the audience, which one I don't think would happen. I don't think you'd get that no. cut away. But also, you made a good point. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Ross isn't broadcast live. It wasn't back then either. It's it's, no. it's taped. It's previously taped and edited. So why why did that make the cut? Yeah. Why did someone heckling and ruining the show be kept in? Really odd. But yeah. But also, no, but that's not even that was an issue for me. Now it's not. Yeah. No. Because, no. 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 Because yeah, actually, no. The biggest issue is why was she there? Why was she there? Yeah. Because she wasn't there to heckle him. Yeah. So either again, it's or maybe a weird, she's a massive fan. Mate. Yeah. Again, it's a weird coincidence that she happens to be there and watches him do the trick in front of her, which is fine. But again, it's another massive coincidence if Nina Sasonia being at the moment, like, what, like yeah. all these, like all these people are just there when they need to be in this episode. And it's so annoying. Um, so yeah, so that happens, and they know uh, Jonathan and Maddie, uh, who we we cut back to Jonathan and Maddie, who yeah. now have a mission on their hands. They need to go to Frog Hollow. And have a look at it and see if there's any way this could have been pulled off as an illusion or a trick yep. so that they can convince 90s, fo- 90s footballer that Geiger's not a ghost spirit freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're on their way in Maddie's Volvo, right? Yeah, they're on their way in Maddie's Volvo and they 
are walking along the uh, these sort of moors to get to Frog's Hollow. Oh, but even before they get there, mm. the only reason they're walking is because they abandoned the car, right? Yes, yeah. Because they're driving and Maddie says, oh, I can get through a shortcut and it's all for a joke oh, Maddie yeah, makes about pink highlights and Jonathan Creek has a worm in worm his hair. Worm in his hair, yeah. So it, it, I don't know yeah. why. I don't know what, what any of that's about yeah. but it cut, ends up with them abandoning the car and yeah, walking and across walking. meadows. Yeah, and they uh, have an argument. Well, they pick up an argument that we're meant to believe they were already having at yeah. some point that we didn't see uh, about the Witch Doctor song and the lyrics. And yeah. Jonathan, jo- um, uh, you said Jonathan Ross there. Jonathan Cream, yeah, uh, says says, "Oh, are you?" Because she, she says, "Oh, you always have to be right, don't you?" And he goes, yeah. "Are you still mad about the witch doctor thing?" And he went, "I'm telling you, the lyrics are ooh e ooh ah ah, bing bang, walla walla, bing bang." And she says, "No, no, it's not. It's ooh e ooh ah ooh ga ga, bing bang, walla k- don lang or yeah. something." And he's like, no, Don Lang was the person that sang it. And the argument goes on. Now, they're the both problem, wrong. Yeah, the problem is it's Ting Tang Walla Walla yeah. Bing Bang. So I'm like, it, are we meant to, is that deliberate? Are we meant to think, oh, they're arguing with each other, but it's funny because they're both wrong because then that doesn't mean Jonathan Creek's right about everything, which when, yeah. like the joke is he's a know-it-all yeah. and he flaunts it. Because um, it's like later on when he says something about Woody Allen and he corrects her on that. Yeah, That's the only mistake trait. he's made in the entire history of Jonathan Creek existing as a show is yeah. a Don Lang lyric. So it makes me believe that it's actually David Rennick thinks it's Bing Bang Walla Walla Bing Bang and didn't research it. Well, just, that, I, that's what I think. It could, I'm going to give David Rennick the benefit of the doubt, it could have been Alan Davies just not learning his lines properly yeah, it could have been and that. saying Bing Bang twice. Because anyone, anyone in their right mind knows that it's, Bing Bang Walla Walla Bing Bang it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, and why would it be? Yeah. Yeah, what a ridiculous thing. Um, so yeah, so so that again happens, again, for no reason at all. For absolutely nothing. Uh, we didn't need that, but fine. Um, uh, they get to Frog's Hollow. Well, yeah. He, we get, but also on this conversation, they're having a chat, um, and it's just before he gets distracted. They're annoyed yeah. about that. And she says, oh, anyway, what about this wardrobe, you know? How could, you know, someone have got there and moved the body? And he says, yeah, she, yeah her theory is, again, ridiculous and silly. Far more silly than her character's suggestion should be. Um, she says, oh, someone must have got in there, moved the wardrobe, moved the body up, and then moved it back. And he's like, one, why? He said, and yeah. two, he says, um, uh, oh, that, 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 that cupboard hasn't been moved. I'd swear it. Let's yeah, he, remember, he, he's, he's, not never, he's not yeah. been there yet. No, yeah. So anything he knows... About it isn't true because it's he's second-hand information. Second-hand information. Yeah. So why would he swear it when he hasn't seen it and he's famous for spotting things that no one else would see? Yeah. Yeah. Utterly ridiculous. And then he gets distracted and she says, "Oh, what have you seen?" And he goes, well, "I just expected there to be a police presence there. Yeah. You know, because there's been a crime and they've solved it." And I thought, "Oh, well, fair point, I suppose. Yeah, yeah it's a crime scene." Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, then they arrive at Frog Hollow. Uh, yeah, they're there at Frog Hollow and uh, they go down and they have a little look around in the basement uh maddie eats a bug i think for some reason yeah she's eating a lot of wine gums um and she picks up a slug 
instead of a yeah a wine, a wine gum and chews on it and he tells her that she's beaten a slug yeah. and then she spits it out and says why wouldn't you have told me i mean why didn't she notice that, that she eating she'd the eaten a yeah. slug what well, i mean yeah why is that your level of jokes oh no it isn't we've got a we've got a level lower to yeah. come yeah because maddie on the way down to the cellar he says oh they were right about him having uh, having this old smell of death about the place. I'm like, well, yeah, someone's a body's just been found there. Uh, been there for two months. Of course, it's going to smell of death. Yeah. And she says, oh no, that might be me. Yeah. And she says, um, what I've described as the worst written joke in the series so far. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. She, yeah, she says, oh, that might be me. I'm wearing Calvin Klein's stench of death, uh, perfume de toilette. I mean, there are so many things wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. No. I mean, the gag surely was, oh, no, sorry, that's me. It's my new perfume. Yeah. But, like, it's, she, she started that gag and then reversed it and tried to make a joke playing off what he said that isn't funny or makes sense. Like, it takes Is it ter- meant to be a dig at Calvin Klein? Like, uh, cool perfumes having names that David Rennick doesn't like because he's old. Do you know what the joke should have been, Callum? What? Joke should have been when he said, Oh, stench of death down here. She went, Oh, no, sorry, that's me. Adam sprayed a bit of his new line on me. Yeah, um, yeah that, that would have been why fine. Are you, yeah. Why are you doing a perfume joke in an episode where you talk about Adam having a range of perfume God. and then not call back to why that? Why have you got. That's a really good point. Why, why would you put you. him. Why would you ask us to believe that he's got a range of smellies yeah. re- when. And then not use it yeah. later on. When you're doing a joke about that exact thing. But it's not even a joke, is it? It's constructed well, no, it's not, like it ramblings. It could have been a joke, of the, but it decided not to be. Oh, it makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. Um, yeah, so Jonathan, as he's looking around, finds... He works it out. He works out the mystery, yeah. you think. And his uh, exclamation on this is... This is as fascinating a solution as I've ever come across. I wrote that down as well. I mean, blow me down with a feather because <laughs> it is the least. It's the least interesting, least fascinating in, in 19 episodes. Yeah. So I don't know what planet he's living on. And every single every single mystery, even the mysteries that weren't mysteries, are more fascinating than than the reveal of this episode and also it's not a solution no because if you say it's a solution that suggests there's a problem there isn't a problem there's no problem whatsoever (laughs) no one needs to have a problem no a madman is scared of a ghost that's not a problem that's not a problem he needs psychiatric help Uh, and yeah and also he's going to jail for the rest of his life for murder that he's confessed to yeah Oh, so then we um, cut back. Uh, well, yeah. So sorry. Yeah, ju- just yeah, before sorry. we cut back, they they get startled. There's, ah, there's someone coming yeah. in. They get startled. And it's a quick cut. It's a quick cut to Adam Klaus, it, um, and he's kidnapped. He's kidnapped someone, and they're in a bag and they're locked in a in a bag. And, he's tied them um, up in a bag and I they're trying put, to get out. Wow, Adam Klaus turned evil in this episode. Well, he's a psychopath. Absolutely. So you can't do that. You can't kidnap people and put them in a bag. And so I I was thought well oh I'm not going to assume that he's kidnapped someone and is a criminal and is an evil person right my suggestion was oh obviously that's going to be one of his assistants practicing a trick and he's you know making them practice a trick there's going to be some funny or so called funny you know meant to be funny yeah nothing no, no. Over- and it's not brought back again is it it's not 
I have no idea. I have no idea who was in the bag. No. You, I mean, you you had a theory about who was in the bag. Well, I, uh, yeah, I think it's Hattie Hayridge. Um, which makes sense. What was she called? L- Lizzie Illusion? Lizzie Gillespie. Lizzie Gillespie. Um, so, but, because that would be revenge, right? Yeah, and, and, and I... Th- and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I I thought actually both what you said, and that it was her. I thought it was like maybe he's not kidnapped her. He said, um, "Look, you, I, I can, you know, sorry, I stole your trick, but you've got a lot to learn before you become a great magician. Come with me and get and see if you can get out of this bag." But obviously, that would have been quite. I would have been all right. Filling in a lot there. Yeah, because none of that's there. Fill in a lot, and I shouldn't have to do that. None of that happened. He just kidnapped a woman, um, and then whilst I feel like Jonathan Creek working out a reveal, just filling in loads of my own information based on that, and hoping that my imagination's (laughs) gonna convince other people. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Um, So while he's doing that, he's on the phone and he's ringing around all his magician mates, right? Um, at congratulating them on his fe- on their fellow nominations and trying to find out if they've won, right? So yeah. he knows whether he's won. And then he eventually finds out that he hasn't won and he grossly overplays this and does some terrible acting. Um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know who it's for the benefit of or no. for, no but idea. he's really pissed off that he hasn't, what well, he thinks he hasn't won the award. Um, and... And that happens, but this whole sequence is about four or five minutes long, and this woman's trying to get out of a bag, and there's no payoff to it at yeah. all. It's just really, really weird. Um, also, when we we then yeah, so that happens, yeah, and then that we happens, cut back. and it and 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 never, never picked up. Again. Yeah, oh, and, and yeah, yeah, and 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 he's yeah, obviously yeah, he's ringing around and finding out yeah. if anyone else has won. He's tried to do that. Nothing's come back. Yeah. So um, he's, uh, yeah, it goes back to uh, Maddie and Jonathan. Um, Well, Jonathan's gone. He's gone outside somewhere. So he's, so what's happened is. I missed where he went. No, yeah, he doesn't leave at that point though, does he? Actually, oh yeah, I... sorry. No, yeah, you're right. They're still both there. Yeah. And this this young chap played by Lee Ingleby. Yeah. Um, who was the face at the window that we had? Was a... The face at the window. Yeah. yeah that they got. Turns out, out he's a local policeman or so yeah. we think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We we were talking about where we know him from. Um. And there's a series on Netflix called Criminal UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with David Tennant. Uh, yeah, it's a really good series. I'd really yeah. be interested in seeing more of that. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, and yeah, he he plays one of the detectives in that. Has um, actual mysteries in it. It does. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It's quite believable. Um, and and yeah, so she's left there with the policeman, and Jonathan presumably yeah. has gone off to go do to the car. Do, yeah, I was going to do some more sleuthing, but he doesn't need to because he's worked out the. He's thing. worked out the solution. Yeah, he hasn't yeah, told I'm anyone sure yet. Why, I'm not so sure I, 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 I and I'm imagining that he went to go and get the car. But I don't know why, because yeah. he can't drive and it's stuck in a ditch. So what's yeah. he going to do? I, yeah. I don't really get it. And anyway, so, and then Maddie turns around and Lee Ingleby's got a gun out. And you go, oh. But she spots another body. She spots a dead body. Yeah. Another dead body. Yeah. Do you know how she reacts? Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine, yeah. Because, Seen a yeah. load of dead bodies before. Yeah. She's not a frivolous, fainty person. No. Which... Again, if our theory about the first fainting is true, is yeah. okay, yeah. but it also but doesn't add up to Black Canary. Everything we know about Caroline yeah. Quentin from other episodes, Black Canary particularly. So yeah, yeah she's fine with it. Um, and turns out that this policeman, Lee Ingleby, yeah. 
is works for the Dutch drug cartel. Works for the Dutch drug cartel, and he's got a gun. Yeah, and pulls it on Maddie. He's also really like he he looks like a child. He's about twenty. Yeah, twelve year old um, little northern lad from Lancashire. Yeah. yeah, he's got a gun. Um, on Maddie, and he comes out, and all the police. Why? How old so, are the police? Then? So he gets a gun on Maddie. Yeah. Jonathan, who was off to get the car, is um runs into the police. Yeah. Who were on their way there. On their way there. For, for I don't know why. Yeah. But they're like, oh, hop in with us, you know, we'll yeah. give you a lift. And now they turn up um, and they're like, oi, oi, what's happening? Yeah. Lee Ingleby comes out of, uh, of yeah. Frog's Hollow. Yeah. Lee for some inexplicable, come, inexplicable yeah. reason. He comes out of Frog's Hollow with Maddie as a hostage. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he's trying to stop them getting to this name of this drug guy in in holland right that's well he's i don't know because he's they've got another dead body so yeah so i he's killed someone else yeah so i think he's killed the the real policeman that was on watch there oh sorry that makes sense yeah i didn't i didn't get that he was a policeman yeah yeah yeah. and that's that's why he took he took the uniform uniform. he's wearing that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right um so they leave uh the little yeah hut and Liam Gorby's got the gun to Maddie and he comes out and inexplicably confesses to 11 murders yeah. in front of loads of police. Why did I take do that? Do you know how many people I've killed? 11. Don't want to make it to I was like, stop. Mate. Stop giving more information. Mate, because if I was his lawyer, you're, you're I'd be... totally screwed now. Bloody hell. God, he's telling him everything. <laughs> I've told you, don't say anything until you've spoken to me first. <laughs> Come out and confess to 11 murders. Also, you've not killed 11 people. You're five. Yeah. Um, Absolutely haven't. Again, again, David Rennick, just not not implementing any restraint when he writes and just going, oh, how many people have killed 11? No, he wouldn't have killed 11. That's not, that's not realistic. Pull it back. Pull it back, David. How Pull bad a gangster would you have to be? to? But also, we've got John Bird here, right? He's yeah. going to know what to do. And I thought he was going to say something and like do a speech to the hostage. He doesn't. He just turns to his five other policemen yeah. and does another weird non-existent bit of sign language. Yeah. And and then speaks directly to Jonathan straight after. Yeah. Out How, loud. However, this sign language might have answered a question I have. Right. It may, well, it's not, but it may well be a very subtle uh, plot point threaded through that makes sense of something that I didn't understand that's about to happen. So Maddie pretends to faint again which is the callback to earlier on yeah just to be clear mm-hmm. this hand signal happens to the policeman before he lee ingleby's come out and made his speech yeah uh so he, they've just seen something's wrong yeah yeah no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. talking about this hand signal but i'm talking about maybe he did another one at a bit that would make sense of something i could okay make sense of. okay um so yeah so he uh is um uh, J- uh maddie is fallen uh, pretending to faint yeah. and uh, for some reason Lee Ingleby doesn't have a problem with it and is just like oh oh like quite concerned about her so he goes oh I'll take you instead then to Jonathan yeah and I was like that's a weird thing why wouldn't you just drag her up and ca-? but fine um, it's far too considerate for someone that's killed 11 people yeah he's um, really annoyed that because he was going to keep her hostage so he yeah. could then drive away drive away yeah but also now your hostage has fainted you need another hostage. Yeah, so but he gets you... Jonathan, and Jonathan's like, "I'm coming," and he puts his hand and he, and he puts hand in his pocket, and he looks at John Bird, and he says, "Get ready to fire." Yeah, right. 
and then he starts walking and he's like get your hands out your pockets John Robinson takes his hands out his pockets and you can see him from the back and he's palming a card a playing yeah. card on the back of his hand um, and he throws the card because the book Ricky Jay's book has taught him after all these years of magic yeah. how to use magic cards yeah. um, and and it flies into uh, Lee Inkleby and as if it's a bullet I mean it's and it's it the reaction of someone him over getting blown up like the yeah. force of uh, an explosion of a single magic card yeah causes that um and and at that point whilst he's distracted by the card it's distracted whilst he's been murdered by the card <laughs> yeah, murdered. Uh, a policeman shoots him now my issue was when Jonathan went get ready to fire John Byrne didn't say that to anyone else and the policeman that shot him is miles away on the other side of the farm so I was yeah. like how did that message get to him because no no one radioed we didn't hear anything it was Jonathan went get ready to fire silence card throw gun yeah. I was like how also so, but now I've worked it out it's because John Byrne did a bit of sign language off yeah, camera yeah but we still weren't shown that it was off camera yeah I know but we know now but he's he done it enough times that that's his character trait as he communicates <laughs> Purely through sign language and nods. I don't know how he gets that far across the farm with it with his little hand, hand, hand uh, uh, signing. But also, how how did the sniper a sniper get there? Yeah, I don't they, they know. were just on their way. They yeah. didn't know anything was wrong. No. They had they just unless they did unless they unless there was a conversation I missed and and you missed about the policeman not get not radioing in or something. Yeah, I think it was something to do with that, or that they'd heard a gunshot, or any. Yeah, it was to do with this policeman being killed. That they but they've got a sniper in place. Yeah, very quickly, considering the hostage was only taken thirty seconds ago. Yeah, um, and then we see the murder of Lee Ingleby. Yeah, yeah, Lee Ingleby's yeah dead. Um, and then they go back to the police station, right? Yeah, and well, so Jonathan not could before do the... Maddie says to Jonathan, "If you'd missed, I'd be dead." Oh yeah, and I'm like, no, you, no, you wouldn't. No. No, you wouldn't. No. He wasn't going to kill no. you. You'd already fainted. You, you already fainted. He'd he was, already got another he was hostage. Done with you. If, yeah. If yeah. he'd missed, Jonathan Creek would have been a hostage. That's yeah. the, that's what happens yeah. there. Yeah. But fine. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So they go back to nineties uh, footballer in the cell, oh, yeah. so they can do the reveal and explain to him why he doesn't need to be worried about ghosts anymore. Yeah. Tuck him in. Give him his bedtime story. There are uh, no ghosts. Cute little drug smuggler. Yeah ridiculous and murderer yeah yeah oh yeah forgot about that um and jonathan says uh as oh you know you it turns out it wasn't something like out of hellraiser 3 yeah so, what why why that why that film why hellraiser 3 is the is the horror film that you're referencing i mean i don't think he was a freddy krueger character if that is that hellraiser's part of that isn't no it? that's not run Elm street hellraiser's pinhead with all the pins oh sorry yeah, yeah 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 pinhead yeah. oh that's um, even weirder then yeah no yeah I, it's I, I don't know i don't know what it has to do with the third hellraiser i don't think i've seen the third hellraiser i don't, I don't think david Riddick's seen that maybe it's hellraiser. something to do with voodoo maybe that's you know what benefit the doubt maybe the film's got voodoo in and jonathan is making a reference to that and it's set in Haiti. I don't know. Still, just a bit weird. Or Holland. Um, or so, Holland, yeah. yeah. Or both, actually. So, a lot of Haitian Holland films. Jonathan comes to the reveal. And the reveal, guys, oh, is water. Flooded. Oh, flooded. That, so that's it. That's, that's the reveal. It. That's it. It flooded. But it there flooded is a very heavy... The body up. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, it, the water came in and, and carried the body from the bottom of the stairs to the top of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> the end. And that's it. The end. 
and uh, also and it washed washed away the ink. Right. My issue is, as I'm sure you know, we've all had periods of time where paper gets wet and yeah. dries again. It doesn't dry the same. No. You can tell when a bit of paper's been wet. Yeah. So when they get the evidence of the paper out, surely Jonathan, analytical detail mind Jonathan, would look at it and wet. go, this paper's been, been wet. Rather than having to go to the place and, and work it out from being in there. But it's fine. Well, I'm, I'm just aware that also, I think, the big credit to the director here, realised that the reveal was so boring and so dull and so short that he put in what seemed like a three and a half minute montage of rain. Yeah, we saw yeah, so many so different types of rain. There was so rain much falling rain. on the river, was, yeah. rain falling in the, and then water flowing down. And at this point, it reminded me of sort of like you know year seven in biology, and you'd be learning about like precipitation, and they'd show yeah. a little BBC bite-sized thing of like, and this type of rain is known as this, yeah. and floods can last. Like it, it was just stock. That was very good. I like that. Yeah. It was stock footage from a kids' documentary about rain. Yeah. It was very odd. But whilst this was happening, the underscoring, which again, in this episode, has been particularly bad. Quite, if there's an organ, it's been a bit Phantom of the Opera-y kind yeah. of, or like a child practising at one point in it, you said. Um, <laughs> at, at this point, the underscoring becomes really lush and there's a massive kind of big string swell. And it doesn't sound MIDI strings. It sounds no. like proper orchestral yeah. strings. And I was like, is this underscoring from a different film or tv show i think this is lifted <laughs> i think this is actually a proper yeah. big orchestra because they've never yeah, had yeah, this yeah, before yeah, yeah. maybe they just had a bit of money left over uh, well clearly not otherwise they would have spent it on geiger's dead body but no they but, wouldn't they just bought more palm trees <laughs> bought, bought more palm trees but they wouldn't have spent it on the end i think it's i think they've nicked like some stock bbc underscoring from like animals yeah. of farthing wood or something it's really lovely yeah quite happy yeah. res- resolution music yeah. which is odd because it's accompanying footage of rain falling downstairs yeah it just felt really um, weird to me so yeah so and also I don't believe that in two months it can fill up a basement that high and dissipate again That's I don't a think point. a month to fill up that high and a month to go again that no, didn't happen anyway um, Nina Sonia's like there see there you go 90s footballer um you're fine. You don't need to worry about ghosts anymore and have your night little nightmares because I'm having nightmares, which he does say at one point he's yeah. been having. Just, um, you can stop having your little nightmares and you can, and you can tell the detective the name. What's the name? This main guy that you saw on the bit of paper. What do you remember? Because it'll help your case. Isn't that right? And John Bird nods again in his brilliant way. Um, yeah. And, and he goes, oh, it, oh, man. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was maybe something like Mondrian. And end of scene. Kanko goes, well, that's all done then. I was like, yeah. is it all? Because that was very vague. Like, you've been trying to do this for ages. <laughs> why does? Why don't you stick around to hear what the bloody answer is? Well, you've hired... I think it might be Mondrian. Well, that's all said and done then. Another one put to rest. No, no, he's not even sure. Like, there's still so much more of this story. Why don't you want to stick around for it? Yeah. I did notice... That to give them their dues, mm-hmm. that that Nina Sasonia is still hearing this story. She's yeah. with him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, if I was John Bird... Oh, sorry, to, to give them their dues, they let a scene carry on off camera so we can't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not okay. Yeah, no, it's not really. It's not really, but you know, I'm clutching at the straws here. Yeah, it, very odd um, that he doesn't care. Then, they're walking out and we cut back again to uh adam klaus yes who is 
Still sad, because if you remember, he was discovered that he didn't win the awards. He was only nominated for them because he rang a friend and they yeah. said, oh, I've, I've won. And he's got a really nice, like, Martin guitar that yeah. he's playing on the edge of the stage. Actually, you know what? I think this actually happened before they went to the... Uh... Uh, and talked and did the reveal because I remember going like why are we back here why aren't you going and telling them about the water because I remembered what the reveal was oh it might have happened in between and I think yeah I think it actually went from Lee Ingleby dying to this which is just I don't, nonsense I don't know if it did because I I, I, I but, but either way it, it is it was just kind of plumped in there yeah like I don't we don't care about this storyline why have you now got a guitar out so Adam Klaus can now play the guitar and he does a couple of little scales, which is quite nice. So yeah. I think that is Stuart Milligan, isn't it? You know, playing a little bit of guitar. Maybe. And Maddie's there going, you know, are you, what, you know, what are you, why are you sad kind of thing? And yeah. he explains. And uh, she goes, oh, all right, then well, I'm going to go back to solving this crime at the station. Yeah. Um, And he says, oh, sorry, can you just pass me that, Um, can you just pass me that Cervante, please? Uh, c- can you pass me the bottleneck on the Cervante? Sorry, he says. Yeah. Pass me the bottleneck on the Cervante. Yeah, and she says, sorry, in English? And he says, oh, can you pass me the guitar slide on that desk, on that on that side table with the hidden drawers? Yeah, you're right. It did happen in between. It did happen yeah. in which is worse. Yeah. It is worse. Um, yeah. Now, I, I'm, I'm a, we're both playing, we both, uh, Dave and I both play guitar, both yeah. guitarists um, have a slide in the house. And, and I don't know, I didn't know what he was saying there. But you think the Cervante was in reference to the... It's the compartment. Well, I, I, I don't think I know it. I know it was. Yeah, so that's said, what he was... Yeah. So that's what he was trying to get out. But yeah. you couldn't look that... You, you looked up and... No, I can't find anything. on. I, I've, I've looked at now three different uh, websites online that supply magic props and bits of set. Uh, I've looked at uh, hundreds of, of magic desks, tables, side things. No Nothing's idea. Nothing's called a Cervante. So I don't know. If don't you're know a magician or you know any magicians, ask them about Cervante and let us know. We would like to get to the bottom of this and Google has not helped us. No. Um, a magician's Cervante. Um, and this becomes important because as they're walking out, you're quite right, yeah. as they're walking out of the, the room, the cell. Yeah, after Maddie's decided she doesn't want to hear any more about all the thing they've been looking into. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And, and she says to John Bird, oh... Don't you think he's going to be upset when she realizes when he realizes that his girlfriend's a copper? Yeah, and he's like, "Oh God, how did you figure that one out?" And she's like, "Well, I worked it out uh, because I realized something didn't quite add up about her, and it was when because uh, earlier on they're in John Bird's office, yeah, having a talk about the case, and he and Nina Sasonia sat away from them, but in the office at the back for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why she sat with them, but fine." Um, and he, and he's like, oh, sorry, can you pass me the CO? The soccer? The soccer. Yeah, the soccer file. Um, and she just immediately picked up a phone and him. And Maddie, because of the Savanta thing, went, hang on a minute, why would she know immediately what a soccer file was? Mm. In uh, the same way that I wouldn't know what a magician's Savanta was. Yeah. So Very weird, turns out tenuous link, isn't it? Turns out Nina Sasonia's been undercover for years. Yeah. And trying to get this Dutch, this Dutch drug lord. That we've got, uses the UK and Haiti. We've got teams on three con- on three continents yeah. doing this. Yeah, three continents. Then why aren't you get why why aren't you dealing with the people in in Holland? Yeah, like if you've got people all over the world. Yeah, 
why is this? I also don't know why it's three continents because Holland and the UK are in the same continent. Yeah. So I th- I think David Reddick forgot that when he wrote that line. But um, yeah, fair enough. Because why is that? We've got and one in Asia. Don't know why he's there, but fine. Um. So and John yeah. Bird's so defensive about this. Yeah. He's like, well. I mean, it's for the greater good. And yeah. if that means breaking a few eggs, basically, you know, you've got to make a lot. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> it's fine. You don't have to justify to Maddie while while no. while you're using an undercover police officer. But also, you? I don't understand why Maddie's angry about it. I no. don't know why she's angry about her being an undercover agent and breaking this guy's heart. I'm not quite sure why Maddie's invested in their love He's a story. murderer and drug dealer yes. going away for the rest of his life. It's, yeah, it's it's nonsense. Um, it's very one odd. thing, one thing. <laughs> this drug cartel yeah remember they've got they've got detectives on three continents they've been working years on this case she's been on years undercover nina sasonia to try and break this dutch uk haiti yeah. drug cartel that apparently this huge cartel all meet at this tiny barn in rural england and that's where they keep all their stock ne- next to a labrooks yeah yeah he says their main point of meeting and storage facility. What? Why? No, it's not. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, he says that their main hideout for for uh, for Haitian hitmen and drug dealers. Yeah, like, absolutely. No, that no, would never happen. No. And, and also, you would never You're have met these people sticker. in a pub next to the Labrooks. Yeah, La- uh, next to uh, a betting shop. Yeah, that would never have happened either. No. Like, none of none of this is no right no. at all. As as per usual, none of it would have actually happened. Yeah, uh, or can happen. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Then we get. Well, that's to the, it. That's all wrapped the, yeah, up. Yeah. We get to the Daily More that at the Magic Awards. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny, and John, Jonathan Creek's there in his uh, tuxedo. In his tuxedo. And, and Maddie he, turns up late. Maddie turns up late. And she gets a terrible joke here. She says, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I got hit. hit I got stuck behind an idiot in a bus lane. Yeah. Well, actually, it was a it's bus. A bus. My, yeah. Yeah. That's the joke. You could have stopped there. If if you're behind." An idiot in a bus lane. We know that you're, in a, that you're in a bus lane. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, joke. Yeah, Don't yeah, explain yeah. the joke to us. And then also, you're just highlighting the fact that it's not a very good joke. Yeah. Like, oh, just you idiot. You've got thirty seconds before this ends. Yeah. Could, and but he can't help himself. <laughs> so yeah. So um, Jonathan is like, oh, uh, um, something about Adam Klaus not where being is he? There. Be- yeah, he's late. He's yeah, late. he's late. And and Maddie was like, well, he's he's not coming he knew he didn't win that award and he said no awards he was nominated for that other one i told you about mm. and he she said oh well, I, I kept that between you Do you know what the other one was no a lifetime achievement award right a lifetime achievement award adam klaus a man who can't do card tricks who is doing a banana trick on yeah. a jonathan ross show uh who he, he famously gets bad reviews and can't take them very well He's also still performing in a London West End theatre where he seems to also live. Yeah. Now, because we he, he stopped going to his house. Yeah, he used yeah, to yeah, go yeah, to his yeah. mansion. Um, how? And now he's got a lifetime achievement award, but he's also just stolen a banana trick off another comedian. Yeah, I, another. Yeah, yeah. How? Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? <laughs> Who is he? But he's going to jail for kidnap and possibly murder if because we don't know what happened to him. Oh that God, one. is she suffocated in the bag? Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, so Maddie's like, oh no, I didn't tell a single soul about that. You told me not to. And Jonathan and Jonathan was like, no, I I that's why I told you not to tell them because you can't keep anything to yourselves. I was like, well, why didn't you just 
tell her to let it slip anyway yeah fine yeah i told i told you that hoping that you'd let it slip you don't tell someone something hoping that they're going to tell them to let it slip i mean he's just not clever he's just not a clever character this whole episode from start to finish no he just changed his character Um, into an idiot so yeah so and maddie's like oh no he said he was gonna do a woody allen like when he goes and plays in that pub every year instead of going to the oscars yeah and jonathan goes firstly uh michael's pub isn't actually a pub it's a very swanky nightclub and secondly uh um and then he's like well oh. then he interrupts himself yeah he goes, goes secondly oh no oh you don't think he's but she but she, beforehand she yeah. says she says yeah so i assume he's uh, you know playing his blues and getting down with his bad self i'm yeah. like sorry getting down with your bad self is not a blues reference no. in any universe no no blues player has ever said i'm gonna get down with my bad self not at all that's that's like 70s like black protest movie language isn't it yeah. like yeah. it's it's a bit kind of jive language it's not uh yeah really odd uh yeah so so he's he's going oh you know what is he playing in some grotty pub hang on a minute no and he interrupts himself with his yeah. thought yeah 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 and he says oh no oh he wouldn't have done he can't he can't oh he's not gone there is he and then it <laughs> cuts to adam klaus in a dive pub where there's a massive fight going on. I mean, for a some huge reason, fight. A huge brawl in a pub. Um, and he's and playing... And no one's doing anything about it. And he's it. playing a blues song. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then a guy's sick on his... And then a guy's sick on his shoe. Now, the way that Jonathan said it made it sound like we should be aware of where this pub is and what it is, and it's a callback to something. Yeah. But it's not. It's not mentioned or seen in the episode before. No. He's also so, performing with two other musicians. Yeah, musicians. yeah. I don't know where they've come from. Tired so, these session guys in. My only way around this, to make sense of it, is this. I think the gag is that Jonathan thinks, like Maddie that Adam also thinks that Woody Allen plays at an actual Irish pub called Michael's Pub, and he thinks Adam has gone to an actual Michael's Pub in London because he thinks that's the same as where Woody Allen goes. Right. And David Rennick thinks all Irish pubs have, are where bar, have bar fights. Oh. That's that's the only way I can make sense of the way that Jonathan says it, as if it's a knowing thing. Y- yeah. Well, that's awful. I mean, that's, that's awful, so many links that's the case. to get there. And you, yeah, you've had to do a lot of work. I mean, my I feel quite brain dead after this episode. Yeah. I feel really like my brains just crawl out the back of my head and died. I yeah. mean, it could be the effects of lockdown or it could be the effects of... It it's definitely still stands as the worst episode of Jonathan Creek so far. Do you think I... I disagree i don't think it is as bad as the problem at gallows gate part one i okay that was actually pretty boring because yeah at least like there was so much nonsense in this that at least there was a lot to talk about problem at gallows gate part one just nothing just meandered around for an hour and nothing happened yeah it was just a lot of them badger watching yeah like so i would i would argue this is a bet but i would say it's probably the second worst Okay, it's up there. Just, just up. It's up there. Just, I don't, just a bit above. If I had Gallows to watch Gate something one. again, at least I could watch and laugh at this. Whereas Gallows yeah. Gate One doesn't give you any opportunity to laugh; it just makes no. you depressed. One other thing I will say in its defence, as well as John Bird's acting, I genuinely actually liked. I mean, I don't think it was done that well structurally, 
but I do quite like the fact that they actually, considering it was Maddie, um, Carmen Quentin's last episode, mm-hmm. Maddie got the final reveal that Maddie worked something out herself without any help from Jonathan uh-huh. and got to do the reveal about who Nina Sasonia really was. That's I was really thought nice. that was a nice little thing to give her parting the series to be like Maddie actually finally got to, to work something out herself. Yeah, well do you think that they knew that she wasn't coming back? Because it's not it's written I don't like, know, yeah, like because, it's, uh, we're because breaking up. Because there was up. a good few it's... years, there was a good few years um, before season four. I think season four picks up about 2003. I think it kind so... of just kind of fizzled out and then, yeah. and then they brought it back. But yeah, I, I, I don't know where that where they, it would have gone uh, no. between Jonathan and Maddie. Um, no. It's hard to say whether they would have carried on being a couple because at the moment it's just making Maddie depressed. Yeah. But at least, yeah, nice, nice payoff that she got that. No, that absolutely, nice absolutely. Um, oh goodness me! Yeah, so there we go, guys. That was the three gamblers. Um, and yeah, it it it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, um so yeah, so so that, uh, the next episode will be another Christmas special, Satan's Chimney, which I really like, but can't really remember much about. No, but we do. Like, but I remember really like. And we have the first appearance of Julia Sawala. Yeah, who, which is great. Yeah, uh, is 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 a great um, sort of replacement for Maddie McGowan, um, her character. So yeah, Carla Borrego. Carla Borrego. Uh, well, she's completely different, isn't she? Now? Yeah, she's which was the way too. the way they had to go, I think. So yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to watching that one. Actually, I don't remember much about that one at all. Like you, um, it's because it's not on Netflix. Often when I've rewatched these Jonathan Creeks in the past, you watch them on Netflix. Yeah, for some reason. Satan's Chimney is the only Jonathan Creek episode they don't have on there. That's no funny. idea why that is. Um, Weird maybe we'll try and thing. do some research and find out for you next week. Do we also meet Edward Edmondson? I believe we do, yeah. Because uh, they're, they're an item, aren't they? And yes. They kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Marvellous. But in the meantime, guys, uh, do uh, find us and get in touch with yeah, us. Yeah, give us an email. Yeah, absolutely. On uh, podcastermacabra at gmail.com. Uh, you can, of course, find us on Twitter at macabrapodcaster. You can find us on Facebook, fb.me forward slash podcast and macabre. And of course, you can still donate on Patreon. Remember, we have our yeah. Any Requests podcast that go out every Thursday. Um, five pounds, you can get us to record a podcast on absolutely anything you want. Uh, we've got about four that have gone live already. We've got loads more in the pipeline, taking us up till at least August. So please um, do uh, get in touch and if you can, spare it. Chuck us a fiver and we'll do a very own uh, your very own podcast for you. Any um, subject you like. Absolutely. And also, of course, do please like, share, subscribe and listen on anywhere you get your podcasts from iTunes to Spotify to Google Play and all the other places. In the meantime, I've been Callum Hughes. I've been David Shoplin and this has been Podcast Macabre. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye.